0: Romans 8.15 says, You did not receive the spirit of
1: bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Welcome to Spirit of Adoption Radio, where we soar above all the darkness of this world and see things in the light of God's eternal perspective. Now here's your hosts, Kevin and Tabitha Lavelle. Lord, I know there must be richer lying below.
0: For I've been. Living... Shalom, we're so thankful and blessed that you would choose to join us today for episode number 95 of Spirit of Adoption Radio. I'm Kevin, and with me as always is my dear wife Tabitha. How are you today, Svia?
2: Wow, I'm doing great. The words of this song are very powerful.
0: Sure are. That's right. We don't want to live in Laodicea.
2: No, I've never heard this song before.
1: We want to live
0: in Philadelphia.
2: Not Laodicea. (laughs) Right? Wow.
0: But praise God, the Mm. Lord visits Laodicea.
2: Mm. That's so sweet. Amen. Amen. Yeah, if any of our listeners want to find this song, the person who sings it is Steve Camp, you said, right? Yeah. And the name of the song is Living in Laodicea, if you want to hear the rest of that song.
0: Amen. Amen. So on today's show, we're going to play a very important message that was given by one of the main instruments that the Lord used in my life to rattle my cage. So the title of this episode is Some Cages Need to be Rattled.
2: Mm, yes. Right? <laughs> Definitely.
0: Probably at some point, all cages need to get rattled. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. To get us out of our cage that yes, we're in. Amen. Yes. Praise God he does that. Amen. But this person was used by the Lord to bring me to salvation, was was one of the main instruments used by the Lord to mm. bring me to salvation. Yes. The Lord uses lots of instruments on us because he's like a carpenter. Mm. And a carpenter has lots of tools that he uses, mm. right? Yes. To so maybe yeah. tear things down before he can build them up.
2: hmm Yes.
0: Some crowbars and... Saws and
2: that's right.
0: Sledgehammers.
2: Yes, do it all, Lord. Do use whatever instrument you need to use to rattle our cage and wake us up. You Amen. know, Amen.
0: Amen. So, yeah. one of those instruments was Pastor Chuck Smith mm. in my life. Yes. So let's listen right now
1: and be blessed. Amen. 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 This morning we'd like to look at the thirteenth chapter of Luke, beginning with verse. 23 as Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem someone in the crowd called to him and said Lord are there few that be saved and he said unto them strive to enter in at the straight gate For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut to the door, and you begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know not whence you are. And then shall you begin to say, but we have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know not you, whence you are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. Strive, Jesus said, to enter into the straight gate. This was his response to the person who asked if there were only a few that were going to be saved. The word strive in the Greek is agonizomai. The root word in Greek is just agonai, which is the word that is used for Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane And being in great agony, his sweat was as it were, great drops of blood falling to the ground. The word means to struggle. It is used of a person who is running a race to win. It is used of a person who is in conflict, who is fighting it means giving an all out effort a all out push in other words entering the kingdom of heaven isn't just a cruising on in kind of an experience it isn't something that just comes naturally It is something that Jesus exhorts us to agonize towards. Put every effort into it. Remember when we used to sing back in those Youth for Christ days, you can't go to heaven in a rocking chair. The Lord don't allow no lazy folks there. And that's basically what Jesus is saying. It's not just an easy path that you can just cruise in. But you must agonize to enter into that straight gate. I wonder if the church has not been guilty. Oh, I don't wonder. I know the church has been guilty in seeking to make the gate broad. Broad. We want to include just about everyone. We have yielded to that pressure from the world because we don't want to be classified as narrow and bigoted. And so there is that endeavor to say, well, as long as a person is sincere or the idea that almost any religion will perhaps get you there. But that flies in the face of what Jesus said when he said to strive or agonize to enter in at the straight gate. And I'm afraid that a lot of people are resting today in a false security And in a false hope of salvation, and who in that final day will be, as Jesus said, a part of that crowd of many who will be standing on the outside looking in and knocking and saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. You see, they felt that they had a right to be inside. And yet they were excluded. I recognize that as I stand here, I stand here as a representative of Jesus Christ. I stand here to tell you what God's word has to say. And God is going to hold me responsible for how I represent Him. And if I become guilty of misrepresenting God or misrepresenting the path of eternal life, and you are trusting in comfort that I have given to you in a sinful state, if somehow you feel, well, you know, I'm all right. I know that I'm not living as I should, but actually, you know, I attend church regularly and I've gone through the Bible with Pastor Chuck and all. But if you are resting in a false hope, in a false security, then I don't want to be responsible for that false hope that you may have. I want to level with you. I want to tell it to you straight. I hope that there will be no misunderstandings because I do not want to be guilty of giving people assurance when they're not really saved. The Lord was angry with those prophets who helped destroy the nation of Israel because in an hour of crisis, they were saying, peace, peace. The Babylonians will never enter this city. And God rebuked those prophets, declaring that he was against them as they prophesied peace when calamity was coming. Because these false prophets had given people assurance In that critical hour, the people were destroyed because they didn't see a necessity of repenting and seeking God. They felt that they were secure. They felt they were all right. And as a result of the false comfort, they were destroyed. I don't want any of you standing outside of the gate when the door is once shut being denied entrance into the kingdom of God because you misunderstood what it meant to be saved. God said to the prophet Ezekiel, Son of man, I have made you a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning." When I say to the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and you don't give them warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man will die in his iniquity, but his blood, I will require at your hand. And yet if you warn the wicked and he turns not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way. He will die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. And again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because thou hast not given him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness which he has done will not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous sin not and he doth not sin, he shall surely live because he is warned also you have delivered your soul. You might say that this morning I am endeavoring to deliver my soul from your guilt. I'm endeavoring again to tell you just as straight and plain as I can that there are many who are deceived and they are thinking that they are saved and are all right and they think that they're going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But when the door is shut, they're going to find themselves on the outside wondering why they are not in. When Paul was speaking to the elders of Ephesus, he said, I want you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. You may get angry with the things that I have to say to you this morning, but that's all right. I would rather have you angry with me now and at least you've been warned than to have you angry with me then when you're on the outside looking in and cannot gain entrance because of your iniquity and saying, Chuck, why didn't you warn us? I don't want you angry with me then. I would much rather you be angry with me now, if that be the case. The general response of Jesus to the question, are there few that will be saved, is that there are many who will not be saved who think they are saved. It seems like the polls are constantly coming up with figures like 80% of the people in the United States say that they are born-again Christians. I personally do not believe that 80% of the people in the United States are born-again Christians. I don't think our nation would be in the cultural morass that it is in if 80% were born-again Christians. I would estimate that fewer than 25% of the people in the United States are truly born-again, which means that that leaves some 55% out there who think they are born-again. are not truly born again, people who are deceived in regards to their relationship with God, feeling that everything is okay with God when in reality it is not, people deceived. Paul warns about being deceived over and over again. To the Corinthians, he said, Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. To the Galatians, he wrote, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And if you sow after the flesh, then after the flesh, you're going to reap corruption, death. But if you sow to the Spirit, then after the Spirit, you will reap everlasting life. To Timothy, Paul wrote, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And then to Titus, he wrote, for we ourselves were also at one time foolish and disobedient. We were deceived as we were serving diverse lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy. We were hateful and we were hating one another. I believe that there are many today who think they are all right with God, and really they're not. Paul said, examine yourselves to see if you be in the faith and prove your own selves. In another part of his letter to the Corinthians, he said, for if we would examine ourselves and if we would judge ourselves, then we would not be judged by God. Jesus said, many will seek to enter and will not be able. Now, notice they felt that they had a right to enter the kingdom of God. They were saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. They were still calling him Lord. It's probably something that they had done for a long time. They they had talked about the Lord. They had called him Lord. But in reality, he was not the Lord of their life. Jesus said, not all who say, Lord, Lord, are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father. Jesus gave the parable of the ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. And when the door was shut and they were outside, they began to knock on the door and they said, Lord, Lord, open to us. The same cry that Jesus said will be by many. They're still calling him Lord. But Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet you do not the things that I command you? You see, just calling him Lord isn't sufficient. He must be Lord. And his being, Lord, is proved by your obedience, doing the things that he commands. Notice, they say, We have eaten and drunk in your presence. That is, we have taken Holy Communion. We attended church regularly. We even paid tithes to the church. But he will say, I don't know from whence you've come. I don't know you. They will say, but you taught in our streets. We've studied your word. We know the 23rd Psalm and the Lord's prayer by memory. But again, James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And how many people today, just because they can quote scriptures, believe that they're all right? that they are saved. Jesus said, "I don't know whence you are. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity." And this seems to be the case. Though they may be taking the sacraments of the church, though they may have memorized the scriptures, though they may have sat in his presence, heard his word, yet Their lives are still involved in iniquity. They are still living in sin. They are still being ruled by the flesh. They're still watching the X-rated and R-rated videos. They're still following after the lust of the flesh. Paul, in writing to the Galatians concerning the flesh, said, now the works of the flesh are manifested in these things, adultery, fornication, sexual impurity, sexual drives, idolatry, drug abuse, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath and strife, seditions and heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I have told you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God they will be standing outside the door knocking and saying, Lord, open to us. But the door will be shut. And once the door is shut, there is no opening. Once you have died, there is no second chance. You can't go back and relive, redo The die has been cast. Paul, writing to the Ephesian church, said, For you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things, comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Don't be deceived that you can live in this kind of a life and, and that God will open the door to you. His wrath is coming upon the world because they are doing these things. Which means that you can't do these things and enter the kingdom of heaven just because you say, Lord, Lord doesn't change it. Just because you take Holy Communion doesn't change it. It's a life of righteousness, a life of purity, a life of holiness that God is demanding of us. What Jesus is saying is that we must strive. We must make an effort, an all-out effort if we're going to enter into the straight gate. Just desiring to enter isn't sufficient. Many will seek to enter, but will not. And once the door is shut, your opportunity to enter is over forever. There will be no second chance. Jesus said, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth by those who are on the outside when they see what's happening inside and they realize that the door is shut to them forever. There will be many who are standing in that crowd outside the door who were deceived into thinking that they were going to make it. They were trusting in religion. They were trusting in their church. They were trusting in the sacraments. But their life wasn't changed. They were still living in unrighteousness, in impurity, in sin. They thought that they could live in iniquity and still be saved, but they were wrong. Now, there are many pastors today who feel that it is their duty to make people feel good about themselves they don't use that ugly word sin because that might put a guilt complex upon some sensitive soul, and we don't want them feeling bad about themselves. But in reality, they are false prophets because they are comforting people who are on the road to destruction. If you are living in Christ then this morning I seek to assure you and comfort you because I know that he is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And my trust is in him. And my hope is in him. My faith is in him. But today, if you are living in sin, Though you may say, Lord, Lord, I seek to shake your cage and let you know that you are in a real danger of in that day standing outside the door when it has been shut, looking in and saying, Lord, I belong in there. But he will say, I don't know where you're coming from. Saying the right things isn't enough. Saying, Lord, Lord, won't open the door. Just hearing the word of God is not enough. Lord, you taught in our streets. We listen to you. Keeping the ordinances of the church is not enough. We have eaten and drunk in your presence. Now, all who are saved, do say, Lord, Lord, but not all who say, Lord, Lord, are saved. All who are saved do study the Word, but not who, not all who study the Word are saved. All who are saved keep the ordinances of the church, but not all who keep the ordinances of the church are saved. Twice in the early part of this chapter, Jesus declared, and except you repent, you will likewise perish. The word repent is more than just saying, I'm sorry. The word repent means to change, to turn away from, to renounce, to not do it anymore, it signifies a true change in a person's life. And if you say that you believe in Jesus Christ, that you have repented from your sins, it means that you're not living in them any longer. You're not living after the flesh anymore, but you're seeking to live and walk after the Spirit and the things of the Spirit. And today you are either living after the flesh or you are living after the Spirit. You are yielding to the flesh, or you are yielding to the Spirit. You can't have it both ways. It's either one or the other. No man can serve two masters. And those that are living after the flesh, their minds are filled with the things of the flesh. And they are constantly filling their mind with things of the flesh. Whereas those who are after the Spirit, their mind is on spiritual things and they are constantly seeking to walk in the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit and to live after the Spirit. The mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace and joy. Are there many that will be saved? Jesus said, agonize. Strive to enter in at the straight gate because there are many who are going to be on the outside looking in who were trusting in false hopes, in false creeds, or trusting just in creeds rather than a changed life through the power of God's Spirit. He called them workers of iniquity, sin still dominating their lives. Shall we pray? Father, we realize that if we should gain the whole world and lose our own souls, we've profited absolutely nothing. In fact, Lord, we are at a great loss. And so help us, Lord, that we would examine ourselves and judge ourselves, for we do not want to be judged by you. Lord, we pray for those today who may be under a false sense of security because of the creed, because of their attendance at the sacraments, because they've studied your word. Lord, we know that what you want is a changed heart, a transformed life. And you want us to Render our hearts and not our garments. Search us, O God. Know our hearts. Try us. Put us to the test, Lord. See if there is some wickedness in us. And then, Lord, lead us in the path of life eternal. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we stand? Now if my plane goes down, I'm not going to (laughs) worry. I'll say, well, I delivered my soul. (laughs) You see, the ball is now in your court. What are you going to do with it? But I'm praying. I'm praying for you. That none of you will be resting in a false... Premise, a false creed or a hope in a creed or a hope in sacraments, but you'll come to a true relationship with Jesus Christ, a life-transforming relationship where we're no longer walking after the flesh and the things of the flesh, but we begin to follow after the things of the Spirit. Living as wholeheartedly for the things of the Spirit as we once lived for the things of the flesh. Maybe God's been speaking to you today and you'd like to go back to the prayer room. Make things right before you leave. It's a good idea. I would follow that impulse. I believe it comes from the Spirit of God saying, look, it's time you get right. It's time that you forsake that sin. It's time that you get rid of that power of darkness that seems to be holding you. It's time that you're set free and you begin to truly live fully after the Spirit and the things of the Spirit. Obey that voice and get over to the prayer room and get things settled with God today. May the Lord be with you and bless and keep you. May His strength and His power be imparted to you the power to live as He wants us to live, a life of righteousness, purity, and holiness before our God, who is holy. In Jesus' name.
2: Wow, that is a powerful message to all of us, just to really challenge our faith and to encourage us, wherever we're at, to re-examine ourselves And keep examining ourselves, you know, in light of the word of God and just make sure that our lamps are burning.
0: Amen. The Lord doesn't want any of us to be on the outside looking in, Mm. right? Right. He wants us to be on the inside. Reaching out. Bringing others in. That's right. He wants us to be the wise virgins with oil in their lamp.
2: Mm. Amen.
0: Not the ones whose lamps went out. Yeah. And then they come banging on the door. Mm. Let us in but the Lord will say, I do not know you. Mm. And in that case, it's not, I never knew you. It's, I do not know you.
2: Right. There's a difference.
0: May that not happen to any of us.
2: Mm. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 Well, we just want to thank all of our listeners once again for joining us here for another episode of Spirit of Adoption Radio. We are so encouraged today, and I hope you are too. And please make sure if you're traveling for any upcoming missions or adoption travel, visit our website, adoptionairfare.com forward slash quote. And one of our agents would love to help you with any of your missions or adoption travel. And we are really blessed to be able to help a lot of Calvary chapels with their missions and adoption travel, the same place where both of us got saved. Amen. So it's an honor for us. Do we have
0: anyone from uh, Calvary Costa Mesa?
2: I think we have in the past. I can't quite okay. remember, um, but we do help Calvary Chapel, San Jose, Calvary Modesto, several other different Calvary chapels. I know chapels. we don't have
0: to help Chuck Smith now because he already made his final trip.
2: Oh, yeah. He doesn't need a plane ticket anywhere now.
0: <laughs> Praise the Lord.
2: Amen. That's awesome. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. And remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He has everything under control. So look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Amen? Amen. Amen. And may the Lord bless you as you seek him today. Maranatha. Maranatha. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Adoption Radio. You can reach us through our website, adoptionairfare.com. Also, please subscribe and leave us a review on the listening platform of your choice. Lord willing, we'll see you next time.
1: Maranatha.